Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tales of the Larians. This is episode 13. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, well, gee whiz, it's been a while, and that would be accurate. It's been a while. Uh, I'm so excited, though, to be back. I'm one of your hosts, Carl LeClaire, and joining me for this episode, for their episode of Tales of the Larians, it's our good friend. It's a faithful Larian. We've got Philip Liebold. Hey, Philip. Yeah, hey, Carl. Uh, I'm hey, so. Wampa's Lair people. <laughs> So glad to bring this back with you. Um, you're an unbelievably awesome Star Wars fan and faithful to the show all these years um, and had the privilege of getting to have coffee with you and, and your wife back at Anaheim, which was so much fun. So I'm really glad to be back and, and do your tales. Yeah, yeah, which is a, it's totally a bummer. We're not going to be able to go uh, join you guys this year at Celebration, but... Uh... Uh, hopefully next time. Yeah, they, they're so they're so tough to to plan those things out. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad we got to meet you back at the one in Anaheim. That was so much fun. And uh, you know, like I said at the top of the show, it's obviously been a long time since we've done one of these. And Jason and Katie and I were talking about how it'd be great to bring this segment back because it's so much fun to do, and I love listening to them myself, even when I'm not on them. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, and uh, so the, the hope is to at least get to one of these a month. Um, we know it won't be any more frequently than that, hope, but uh, hopefully you can get back to doing these one a month. Um, so, um, yeah, so, Philip, we're going to get right into this. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. All and right. uh, my dog, Quixote, just joined us, so, uh, Excellent. He so is hopefully cool. he won't uh, mess up any recording. <laughs> he is quite adorable. Yeah. <laughs> so, Philip, the the most important question I think of of anyone in Star Wars fandom is what is your favorite Star Wars movie and why? Oh, yeah, good question. So, my favorite Star Wars movie, um, I think hands down uh, would probably be Empire Strikes Back. Uh, would be my favorite. What hasn't always been my favorite movie when I was a younger Star Wars fan. Uh, I was more into to Jedi or Star Wars, but uh, um, ever since about junior high, uh, Empire is my movie. What is it about Empire that makes it your favorite? Well, when I, I think when I was younger, I didn't really differentiate between the movies. I just kind of saw them all as kind of one big, one big whole. I don't, I don't know kinda, if, if you kind of saw them the same way. Uh, but I think when I was in junior high, it was when I really um, – I think of, of the movies that I was aware of uh, – or, the yeah, the movies uh, – I had seen Empire Strikes Back a few times and I can kind of share a story, share a story about that a little bit later. My kind of my first experience viewing it, but, um, I, 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 so I didn't really like it as much. And so I didn't, I wasn't as familiar with it, but come about junior high, uh, I think I picked up a novelization of Empire. It really kind of piqued my, my interest in the movie. And it was, I think the first time I really dove deeper into one of the stories and, and I really just loved it. Like, the epic scope of empire uh you see different worlds different sets different ships characters even crazy droids and uh and i just love the the sense of mystery and danger and adventure in the movie and some pretty pretty awesome uh escapes and and whatnot in it so yep well yeah i mean i i'm on board with you there i love that movie <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah yeah i know i'm singing to the choir <laughs> <laughs> you know but- um and i think it Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go. 
Uh, I think it was, I think I mentioned the, the sense of mystery and danger, and I think that's kind of maybe what turned me off when I was younger, because okay, it's it's a darker movie, and I think uh, for a kid, it just doesn't have that, uh, it doesn't have that in-your-face kind of hope and, and fun and light that the uh, Return of the Jedi or Star Wars had, or, you know, A New Hope. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually what I was going to ask you. Is I like that word mystery to kind of describe mm-hmm. Empire. Um because it is, it's it, the movie literally ends with an unknown, a huge unknown, right? Mm-hmm. The mystery of Han Solo. Yeah, and then, uh, and uh, I, I think that even goes back. Like when I first fought, saw the film, and maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit. That was, I think, there. I think I experienced it more. I was, I was a little kid. I was like three or four, and so I, I think I experienced it more emotionally than I did. It's like, it's like a movie, and so. Uh, and so that I think that sense of just kind of that mystery and, and maybe that cloud of like sadness kind of hung over that movie um, or when I uh, wouldn't uh, for a while. And I think now I'm mean, still uh, I, I think because you know how the, the whole saga ends, I, I, I think it doesn't have that, that dragging effect that maybe it did, you know, when I was younger. Sure. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so how were you introduced to Star Wars? I really have no idea. <laughs> I just, uh, I actually was born pretty, uh, within about a year after New Hope came out. And uh, I, I honestly don't remember even the first time that I saw Star Wars. I just remember um, from a pretty young age, just kind of always being aware of it. Um, so my... So my, my father was in the military, and we actually moved to, to Germany when I was uh, when I was pretty young, and uh, and I was and I was trying to like figure out my first experience, like just being aware of Star Wars, and I, the, the closest I think I can come to it was uh, we went into um, it might have been like a military um, like a base exchange or something like that there, and I remember seeing a. A model Tie fighter, like hanging up um, in the shop there, and knowing exactly what that was, and thinking it was like so cool. But I think, if I remember, I mean, I was a kid, so everything was bigger <laughs> to me then. But uh, I thought I remember it being a pretty big scale, and they had it like hanging from the shop, um, the 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 ceiling. So uh, yeah, I remember thinking that was really cool. Um, can you uh, hear me? I yeah. get oh, yeah, connection. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, you're morning. good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and. I was going to say uh, one day. Um, so, I, so I've been aware of Star Wars, and then I was trying to like nail down when it was I saw the movie, and um, there was there was one. So, and I I wasn't able to remember my first time seeing it. And when I say Star Wars in the movie, it was just A New Hope. I think was pretty much all that was out up until that point. Uh, maybe Empire, but like I said, because we were in Germany. You know, it was probably, I think back in the day, it probably took a year or more, you know, for those films to go out to other countries, you know, let alone other military bases. Um, let's see. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So uh, one day, um, I think my mom went over to some neighbor's house or friend's house there. So I wouldn't have been uh, older than like three or four years old. And I remember they had this like box uh, full of all these Star Wars toys. Hmm. And, um, and I didn't actually growing up. I didn't really. I never really. It wasn't until later that I actually got into my own Star Wars toys. And, um, so I'd always have to um, kind of play with the toys um, with other kids. And so we were visiting um, the neighbors, and they had like two to three kids that were pretty close to my age. So like, you know, we're all we, we just kind of tear into the box, and we're going to start playing Star Wars. And I remember 
looking down at one of the toys, and I and I and I did some research before the show to look it up because I could picture it, but I didn't know what it's called. Um, now, how are you, how familiar familiar with the uh, with the like the old like the first wave of boys? I think you, I know you grew up playing with some of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, didn't grow up with them in their original. Con- I had a few of them, but mm-hmm. relatively familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There was a. Um, a line called the mini rigs, which I guess uh, plastic was really pricey back then. And so they came up with these little like smaller versions or smaller ships that would be like cheaper. I'm sure the price point was part of it. Uh, but I guess just, and, and this boggles my mind now, just the, the economics of plastics back then was quite a bit different. But uh, yeah, so they had these like little mini rig lines and there was this, uh, the, one of them was called it, um, and I had to look this up, uh, MTV seven, and it looks like a really small ad hat, but it's got like steamroller feet. Uh, does that like ring about any? No, I, I don't know that line at all. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Man, not, yeah. Okay. Well, so that was kind of the point. It's like, I remember looking at that and thinking like, that's not even in the movie. Like, as far as I'm aware, like what's this other toy? Like I thought it like was for another like line of toys or something like that. So, I mean, that was the trigger for me. Um, I, so seeing that I'm like, okay, I was aware enough of the movies or the movie to where I knew that that wasn't in the movie. So that's like, <laughs> so that was, that was, so I, so I figure at some point between the age of three or four, maybe I'd seen, the, uh, because I knew enough to know that that particular toy wasn't, uh, a, a vehicle featured in the movie so um, um anyways uh let's see and then i actually saw empire strikes back in the theater uh when i was a kid and it was maybe like two years after it came out and that was like my first experience like i was telling you just a really visceral emotional experience and i don't even really remember the I don't even really remember the um, the plot points in the movie. I, think I remember the Adat Walkers and the you know really cool visuals and Yoda and stuff. But uh, but I but I remember just the sense of just this like just it being a darker film. I think both both emotionally and and chromatically. Which uh, by the way, I really liked uh, your guys uh, the solo podcast that you did with Christy. It was super cool. Uh, hearing you guys get into the like the colors and the um, you know the symbols and whatnot in that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, like I was saying, it was just kind of more mystery. And uh, by the <laughs> by the end of the movie, I I remember just being sad and just kind of crying, being in tears. And I and and, and it that probably that experience turned me off to Empire for years. Like I was saying, I just remembered it as just the the, the, the sad Star Wars film and just the sad ending. Um, so, um, but uh, anyways, um, when, I re- when I turned right after, like I turned five, we moved back to the U.S. Um, to Arizona, which, which where I've been largely since then, and that was actually the same year Return of the Jedi came out. And um, did you get to see by the theaters? The t- oh, sorry, what's that? Did you see it in theaters? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, again, it was on a, a movie theater, like a base, the- base theater, and so they're they're like a little bit later. So it was probably like real late summer. Um, I don't know. I don't remember when it was released. Um, but uh, but what's kind of goofy about it is I, is I remember uh, not being too interested in seeing it. Maybe it was kind of that bad taste <laughs> that I had on my mouth uh, from Empire. Um, 
And uh, you, you might think this is funny because I, I, I really like your distinction, but you know, just it's just the kind of goofy things kids come up with. Like you were telling about how you'd play have like big Star Wars and small Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, in my mind, uh, I had like two categories of Star Wars films. They were those that were up in space. And those that were down in space. And I think the up in space category for me would be like exciting space battles and flying to the uh, Death Star and rescuing the princess. And then those that were down in space would be, I think, more of just like the character stuff. They would be down on a planet, maybe uh, Luke with uh, Yoda, you know, that kind of stuff. And so in my mind, maybe it was just the the image or the posters that I saw for Return of the Jedi. I, I still remember to this day thinking to myself, like, I don't want to see Return of the Jedi. It's 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 down in space. I, I, want, I want more Star Wars that's up in space. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, kids are so funny. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so we went to see uh, Return of the Jedi, and my initial experience was pretty horrible. I was so terrified of Jabba. Uh I just remember, I think at one point, <laughs> and telling my parents, like, we got to go. Like, this is not cool. Uh, but I, someone, uh, maybe my dad, uh, was just like, you know what? Just just hang tight. And and I, I'm so glad we did. We got to uh, Ewoks, and I'm like, okay, I get this. I'm cool with that. You know, I was like the perfect age for it. So uh, so Return of the Jedi was a, was a big hit for me. That's all. Yeah, and you know, like you said earlier, it's so common that that's for a kid um, their favorite of the original films because it is really the most fun. Um, at least I think yeah. so. You and know, then, it's, it's, and there's some dark stuff in it, but you know, that's, it's pretty counterbalanced by you know a lot of cool, fun space battles and Ewok stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's great. No, that's what a what a neat way to like cobble together those early experiences right um because it's funny i think for a lot of fans you know they they have the luxury of saying like i remember the first time i saw new hope in theaters but i mean i'm not old enough Mm -hmm. to remember that because i wasn't alive and you know a lot of fans yeah um and it really does seem like if you you know you've got that that early set of fandom who literally grew up with the films and were introduced to it when it first hit theaters but then you have that long period of fandom that grew up without movies being in the theaters, right? Like I'm in that group. You're almost, you're oh, just, or you could like just pop in a tape. And, and actually yeah. I've, I've got a little bit more, um, like a couple of stories about that where I kind of went into, you know, my experiences, uh, with that. Um, so yeah, if you want, I can kind of, I can tell you a little bit more about that now. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like I, like I said, um, you know, when we moved to Arizona, uh, my mom is actually from the state, and uh, one of her like youngest and uh, brother and her extended family is in the area. Um, so when we moved back to Arizona, we got to spend more time with the family. And uh, my uncle David, uh, who was pretty young, he just graduated from college. He'd come out to visit us like once a week, and, and uh, he had even out of college he had more disposable income, and so he bought these. Um, so then, you know, for people not be aware of it, there's kind of a, um, format war going on at the time, uh, different companies were, were trying to market like the VHS tapes or the beta tapes. And then there's this other one called the, uh, CED or selective vision. 
you might not be you know familiar with that. So it basically looks like a big record, but they play movies. And so he actually um, he actually bought one of those. And one of the first movies he got was Star Wars because he was also a big Star Wars fan. Um, so um, they're yeah they're they're like the about the size of a laser disc, but they're not a laser disc. They actually play like a record. Um, like a cartridge you put into the machine and it pulls the record out and then there's a needle that comes down and, and, and plays it. So it's really, really kind of wild. Have you, I don't know if you've ever seen one no, of those I've, before. I've n- nor heard of them. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's actually, um, one, one of my semi prized, uh, possessions now I'm looking at it right now. I inherited the movies, um, from my uncles and I actually have the, um, the, the original trilogy, the discs, the, uh, the player may or may not work right now, but you know, I've got them on, dvd and other formats now so uh, they're just beautiful you know if you've seen a record uh you know vinyl record album you know they're huge and so it's like a work of art and so this has got like um you know the original like star wars artwork it's like a little little you know movie poster and so um yeah it's super cool and then you know what's actually fun about it too is like you know this is the you know this you know these discs are the, the very same ones i used to watch as a kid um yeah that's so yeah so and that was oh sorry go ahead no that was just that's great yeah yeah so uh yeah so he would uh it was cool so he would actually come out to our house and bring his whole like movie player and then we'd like pop in um you know star wars and watch it and i remember just would blow my mind as a kid it's like we've got star wars on tv like whenever we want it (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. we didn't have a v, uh, VCR or anything like that, and so uh, we were kind of at the mercy of the uh, the networks to to play Star Wars on TV or um, you know go to a movie theater. But uh, it yeah blew my little five year old mind that my uncle could just like pop in Star Wars anytime he wanted. Yeah, and how crazy that that's like just the norm now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like on our phones and and whatnot. I. Uh, was uh, just clips of one of the movies yesterday on my phone on the way to work. It's just like, man, how far have we come? Yeah, yeah. Technology is an amazing thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I mean that, but that's kind of tied to my experience though of of the movie. Like you know, because I had that tie to my family through the movie, I, I think that then became kind of part of that experience uh, for me. Is so when we go see my uncle David, you know, the extra treat of just I mean, just because he was one of my favorite uncles, like we'd hang out with him. Uh, but then the extra treat would be like maybe we'd uh, see if he'd want to pop in one of the movies, and so we'd get to um, kind of uh, get to just experience the movies while we're we're visiting him with them. And so it just made the whole experience. Like I remember, just like it would be like an hour from where we lived in Arizona, Phoenix, where he was at. It'd be like an hour long ride, and I would just like savor it. It's like, oh man, you know, the expectation that we could maybe watch a Star Wars movie. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think oh, it, when you have really like, I do think like those early memories when you have you have like someone that you shared them with or somebody that was really in- integral to that early experience. I think. It does. It just, I don't know. It makes, it makes those memories of star Wars stand out in a way that other early memories don't, you know? Um, yeah. and it's not that other media didn't. And like, you were obviously a kid, you liked other media, other things were exciting to you, but there's something about yeah. the way star Wars just sticks in our brains that we look back on those memories with such a fondness. So, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Really, you know, I, I kind of got into some other stuff, but just nothing had that kind of that primacy in my, 
in my heart like uh, like Star Wars did, and uh, maybe it's you know in part because of you know those those early experiences. Yeah. But uh, yeah, cool. So yeah, that was uh, that was uh, more or less kind of how I was introduced to Star Wars, or um, and and I think be, you know because it's so early, it just became kind of a part of me to where. No, even if I never saw another Star Wars movie again, and it was like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to move on with my life. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I don't need to be a Star Wars fan anymore. Like, it's still a part of me, in a sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get into our next question. Um, who's your favorite Star Wars character and why? This was a tough one. I think uh, up until maybe even just a couple of years ago, I might have said Han Solo. Hmm. Um. And when I grew up playing Star Wars uh, with with the kids, and, you know, we um, to use your, uh, uh, your your terminology or, or term the uh, you know I'd, most of my Star Wars play would be like the big Star Wars, you know, where we kind of role play. Um, I'd always want to be like Luke, but some other kid would always <laughs> insist first on being Luke. So I more or less begrudgingly would be like, okay, well, Han's the next cool character. <laughs> so. Uh, so even though he was kind of second tier for me, I, I would generally kind of like wind up by default uh, playing Han Solo in our various scenarios. But I, uh, you know, I think one day it, it dawned on me as like, you know what, Han actually is pretty cool. And so I think from from that realization on, he more or less became my character. And then especially as I, like I said, I really kind of embraced Empire as, as my favorite movie, and that's uh, that that's kind of his big his big movie. Um, but uh, but I'll say like. After this, after the it, it, even right before the sequel trilogy started, whenever we went to um, Celebration uh, Anaheim uh, before Force the Force Awakens uh, came out, I um, went to the panel uh, for Mark uh, Hamill. Did you get a chance to go to that one? Yep. Yeah, I did. Oh, cool. Okay, nice. I was just so impressed, like with him. And even just the way that they introduced him is like, you know, the hero. My God, I was like, yeah, you know, he he is a hero. And I like, I just up until that moment, I was like, yeah, I don't like, can't really think of a lot of people like in our culture, you know, like that. That just just have that. Um, sorry, my dog is yeah. starting to no, <laughs> starting to whine now. Yeah, my wife just left, so <laughs> he's sad that she left. Um, Anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, just reflecting on just a hero and just like looking looking at it, it, and not only Luke Skywalker, but even Mark Hamill, you know, in a bit is like is a hero, and I and I think it just really, um, I don't know, really my my stock and esteem of of Hamill just went up a lot. I mean, just because he just seems like just such a decent guy, and he just really loves the movies and just loves acting and. And, um, yeah, so, um, and I would also say to, uh, just his, his journey from, you know, being a kid on a moisture farm to really going out there and, and adventures. And, and that was, you know, totally me as a kid, you know, I grew up in Arizona in the desert, you know, just, like, just like Luke Skywalker did. And, um, I think I was really, so there's another panel, I'll say this, there's another panel that I went to at Celebration Anaheim, uh, where they translated the A New Hope into Diné or the Navajo language. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw something about that. You, you probably didn't go to the panel. I didn't go to the panel, but I do know about that. Yeah. I it was such a like impactful experience for me. It's seriously probably one of my favorite panels 
um, from um, Celebration Anaheim. And what what I one of the things I appreciated about it is because I didn't know the language. Um, I, I felt like I paid a little bit more. You know, I wasn't listening to it as much, so I was paying more attention to the backgrounds. And and I remember looking at the backgrounds. You know the of Luke's home and Tatooine and just thinking like, that is really poor. Like, like, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, Oh, bright, shiny space stuff. But, but it was, it was that particular viewing where I just like maybe his semi poverty that he grew up in and, uh, in that particular climate, it's like, yeah, he just wants to get out of there. And, um, and maybe it just helped me connect with the Luke Skywalker character a little bit more, but, uh, but anyways, yeah. And, that basic, so I, I'd say about this point, uh, Luke Skywalker is probably my favorite character, and um, and I think just the way that and and again like, um, again, just hearing you guys talk about like Luke Skywalker on the office layer and unpack some of those scenes just really appreciated my 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 sense my appreciation of his. Uh, just his selflessness in his in his um, his care and his love for his family, where he just willingly lays down his his lightsaber and um, and embraces you know whatever fate that that would be, uh, you know both in Return of the Jedi, but even in the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's I feel, again. I feel like it's a that's a pretty natural progression. I think for a lot of people's. Uh, character favorites uh when it comes to star wars like as a kid han solo is so cool because he's you know he's he's the cool guy he's the the free flying smuggler like he's everything that a kid isn't (laughs) but in some ways yeah totally and luke is just this amazing uh kind of like almost immaculate hero um and i think there's something about specifically his his arc in the original trilogy that really just makes you you know, want to identify with it. And because we, you know, with that basic desire of just wanting to be the hero, Luke makes that journey so um, seamlessly almost. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think as a kid, you know, you could definitely relate to the, the Luke journey. Um, but, uh, you know, him kind of starting off and longing to do something bigger and more awesome. For sure. Yeah. Now, um, Tell me what was your favorite way to play Star Wars uh, when you were a kid? Oh, definitely. Uh, like I said, uh, we, we didn't have uh, any of the toys. In fact, I didn't probably get any Star Wars toys until, until I was about eight or nine. And so uh, for us, we, we, we would we – would, we would <laughs> my dog just jumped on my lap. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, my favorite play to uh, way to uh, play Star Wars uh, would be the uh, again to borrow your term is the big Star Wars. Uh, we just role play, um, role play with other kids in the neighbor neighborhood. Since my dad was in the Air Force and we lived on a base, there was always you know tons of kids around, so it was so much fun to um, to uh, you know we'll, we'll pick a role and we'll we'll grab some of the kids in the neighborhood would have like you know, the little toy replicas of the Star Wars uh, guns or weapons or lightsaber or something like that. Oh, you know what? I take that back. My first Star Wars toy actually was uh, like a lightsaber, the kind that you could swing in it, like whistle or something like that. I don't know if you ever had one of those. 
I think I feel like if you whip anything hard enough, it'll whistle. <laughs> yeah, it's so lame. I mean, looking back, it's like, okay, that's not the sound that a lightsaber makes, but whatever. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, this is awesome. I've sure. got a real lightsaber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was uh, playing the big Star Wars was, I think, my, my favorite. Although, um, there was this um, – okay, so this is kind of funny – a little bit of a, a sidetrack, but um, there was a, um, a swing set that they made when Return of the Jedi came out. I don't know if you've seen it before. It was like a Star Wars Return of the Jedi theme playset, like swing set. No, I never knew about that. Oh, I got to tell you about that. So, like, there'd be like it was basically like this little tower that maybe kind of looked like the ATST, um, and then underneath it was a um, like like a little like. Like a swing, it would kind of rock back and forth, but it looked like uh, like a land speeder. That's so cool. Yeah, and I remember um, I I don't I think I only played on it once, but there was some glorious afternoon in the eighty where I went to a friend's house and he had it in his backyard, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is like I'm living Return of the Jedi, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, there's like this cool like in the tower. I mean, maybe it's only you know five feet tall, um, but you know your kid, everything just seems so much higher. And like uh, there'd be a little ladder you'd climb up, and then you would actually get in this thing, and it had like little control stickers on the side, and and uh, I think you could press a button and it would make sounds and stuff. It was so awesome. <laughs> that was probably if I could have asked for one toy as a kid, I think that would have been it. Oh man, this is so! I just looked it up because I had never known about this. This is so cool. The yeah. speeder bike swing under it—that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally cool. Uh, I want this <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish that they would make it again. But so there was like a a play feature. Like I think maybe they had originally planned to put a slide or something on it. And so there's like a little chute in the front where like you can, and it's like kid size, so it could easily fall out. There's like no slide or anything attached to it, so so yeah, I I doubt that they would make something like that now. It's cool because you could like poke your head out and 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 check for uh, stormtroopers, but uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, I guess they just made toys a little more dangerously back then. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm looking at one of the pictures. It looks like there's just a black metal bar that goes across it. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, you can still easily fall no out. But. What what? <laughs> original function it was supposed to serve and i'm I, i'm sure they probably that's probably the reason it no longer exists is some kid probably fell out of it <laughs> sure yeah it's but it's funny because it's like that is the perfect spot for a slide why would you not just put a slide there? oh yeah totally yeah this thing but i guess so they figured cool. that would take away from its resemblance to the uh, atsc so yeah that's fair but that's yeah. so cool oh man i would have lost my mind getting to play on that oh yeah i i still dream about it to this day <laughs> But you know, in some ways, like it's it's wonderful when you have the opportunity, you know, the the opportunity as a kid to play on something like that. But I also think there is something really wonderful about not having that, and then just you know, because it makes your. I don't think those things take away from your imagination so much as it just allows your imagination to really flourish when you don't have those things, like because like when we were kids, we didn't have like blaster replicas or even the toy guns yet because they hadn't remade them yet. So we just used connects and Legos and stuff like that. Um, right. So you, oh, yeah, you kind of exactly. have to create your own, um, your own toys because the stuff that, that was out there, either one wasn't out yet or two, like you just didn't have it. So, 
Yeah, that that was exactly my experience. I was one of five siblings, and you know, my dad at the time was the only one working um, uh, for pay. My mom was certainly working, raising five kids. But um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get any. I didn't get any Star Wars toys till I, I was trying to figure. out, I think about seven or eight when I actually started making like allowance and. So, yeah, this is like mid-80s, and so right about that time, when I was like at prime toy-buying years, like that's when the Star Wars marketing engine just fell right off. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, yeah. yeah. You finally got, the, so, finally got the means for them, and they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And I remember, I think there was a few like discounted or clearanced uh, items of the base exchange. I remember picking up like late with the original power of the force item. So yep. I got like a land speeder, which was super cool. Cause it had that little button and it would like blow up or explode if you hit it. Um, and I remember getting Ewok catapult and the, uh, the glider, but I actually didn't have any figures. I didn't probably have figures for, I don't know how long after that. So I would just have to pretend like I had the, the figures, uh, with me. I, I might've, uh, um, stuck in the one GI Joe figure I owned is is like on the land speeder or something, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. So I'll yeah, but which is actually tied. To, I think one of my favorite Star Wars memories from a kid. So like I said, like all the Star Wars toys, all of a sudden, like you just couldn't find them, and I, I didn't have a car, so I, I mean, I suppose if I could, you know, drive out of the way, if I didn't live in rural Arizona, I could, and I could get off the military base, like I could probably like find them at like a a Sears or some kind of at a mall or something like that. But, you know, my, my means to get around were, were, were few and far between. And so, um, uh, I was telling you about my uncle David, who was the one that more or less like fed my star Wars obsession, uh, when I was a kid and it was just so much fun. you know, even going into, um, you know, junior high, he'd, he'd still visit my family pretty frequently. And, um, he'd take us out sometimes on weekends to go like, um, watch a movie or something like that. I remember just like riding in his car and just asking him about the star Wars movies and how they were made. And, you know, do you think there they'll ever be another star Wars movie that'll come out and just all this stuff. And it was just so fun because, you know, he'd entertain me, you know, as a kid, but you know, he was interested in that and that was in the days before the internet. So you just kind of would glom on any information you could get about the movies. So, um, but yeah, so about 1987, um, I think around Christmas time, um, I, um, I I think after I'd seen my uncle David, I'd said, "Hey, you know, I'd really because he'll usually get us some kind of like Christmas gift or something like that." Um, and uh, and uh, I asked him for you know the thing that I wanted most was Star Wars toys, and man, did he come through for me big time. Um, he, um, when we, we met for Christmas, he had this huge box and I unwrapped it. It was the, uh, Imperial shuttle. Um, I think the power of the force line, wow. you know, yeah. from return of the Jedi. And, um, that was kind of the big gift. And he had like three or four action figures. It was Luke Skywalker. I think Jedi Luke, uh, one of the Ewoks and I can't remember which one it was, um, either the gray one or the striped one. And it was R2D2. And so, yet yeah, not only am I getting this like massive spaceship that I can, you know, fly Luke down to Endor for missions and stuff, but then you now I actually had like an Ewok for, you know, the Ewok stuff that I had. So, and I just I think I heard later after he got that he did have to drive around. Like it wasn't super easy for him to find those. So, 
so that just like for me the his willingness to do that just showed you know like you know because it was something really special to me just showed to me how much that he meant you know that we meant to him so like so it's i think one of not my favorite star wars memories but i think one of my favorite family memories yeah that's definitely a that's definitely some great stuff there to play with yeah so what, oh yeah definitely what about and now? i think uh oh sorry go ahead no go ahead and I think eventually, yeah, a couple of years later, because I was already, I think, like eight at the time, you know, my imaginative players were 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 kind of winding down. So I think, yeah, you know, I think I wound up eventually just giving it to one of my other friends. But uh, but uh, yeah, uh, but I'll, you know, I'll still kind of cherish that, even though I don't have you know that spaceship anymore. And I, I'm fine not owning it because because it's huge, and I'm I'm not as much into collecting the old stuff. I mean, I can certainly appreciate it, uh, and if I had it still, I probably would actually have a hard time getting rid of it now so maybe it's better mm. i'm better off that uh, that i gave it away and you know gave it to some other kid and he had a chance to um you know to enjoy it and play with it sure so how about now how do you feel like you play with how do you play star wars now um i kind of a couple a couple different ways i mean one i think I more discovered the podcast recently, so I just really have fun just just listening to the podcast on it. Um, I about in college was when the Phantom Menace came out, and Lego bought the, the Star Wars uh, license, so I did start buying. Um, I bought a couple Lego Star Wars uh, sets back then, and I think at the time uh, when they turned Power of the Force, like not in the nineties, just. <laughs> Like I said, I missed out on most of that in like the '80s, and so like I started buying all the all the figures, the Power of the Force in the '90s, or a lot of them, you know, with like what I could, with whatever money I had left after paying for college, and um, but I keep them in their box or or whatnot, and um, I wound up getting a couple um, of the Lego Star Wars, and like I tear into those and just like build them, and I just had so much fun with those. So I eventually wound up. Um, I stopped buying the action figures, and then just you know now when I uh, now when I buy pretty much anything I buy Star Wars now is, is Lego Star Wars, um, you know, besides the movies. Um, so that's so yeah. So for me, it's like there's nothing more relaxing than just kind of putting together a little little Star Wars build, uh, you know, an afternoon or something like that. So uh, I certainly enjoy that, and then uh, and also. Um, I do not so much anymore for a while. I was, I was in uh, a little bit more into reading the books. Um, Oh, I gotta, I gotta say, let's see this story. Um, when, so when I was younger, so like I was saying during the times and, um, I still remember the moment I was, when I saw the um, the Zahn novels for the first time, The Heir to the Empire. Yep. Cool. Yeah, so I saw the Zahn novel, and the closest analogy I can think of is it was as if someone, like a friend or a family member that you had thought had been dead for years, all of a sudden you found out that they were alive and and uh, <laughs> and doing well. And uh, that just uh, that was just the most, um, I think, um, as a Star Wars fan, the most incredible feeling, just knowing that, um, that it was alive and kicking. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit like the few resistance fighters left on crate 
you know, like before that, maybe I, I felt like I was kind of like the few resistance fighters left on crate, wondering if there's any hope or resurgence of, uh, you know, of, of their movement. So, um, yeah. So uh, a couple of years later, I got the novels and, and read through those. So yeah, life was good. And then a really cool footnote to that story is, um, Timothy Zahn came to the Phoenix comic con uh, a couple of years ago. So I got a chance to meet him and just, and just kind of share my story. And I like, it was just really cool just to thank him, you know, for his part, you know, in, in bringing star Wars, you know, back, you know, I'm sure someone else would have done it. I mean, um, you know, another author, but, you know, he just happened to be the one that, you know, that they got the opportunity to, you know, share those stories and, and kind of bring them back to life, so to speak. So, um, so it was real cool. So I actually um, had him sign my original copy of, of Heir to the Empire. Um, so uh, so that was definitely a highlight, I think, as a Star Wars fan, just getting to personally thank uh, Timothy Zahn for, for writing those. Yeah. Well, I mean, whether you loved those books or not, I think, especially if you were a fan during that time period, they were such an important part of, you know, bringing Star Wars back into pop culture. Yeah. Yeah, and that was like the only thing new for Star Wars for years. Yeah, oh for sure. So um, the next question I've got for you is, uh, what is your favorite lightsaber duel and why? I I don't know if I really have a favorite one. <laughs> um, maybe I'll just mention a couple that I really like. I mean, certainly the Empire Strikes Back duel is awesome, but I think all of them are awesome for different reasons. Uh, the Empire Strikes, Strikes Back duel, I mean, got the emotional component but it's just an amazing set and the sound on that where john williams drops out and, and Burt cranks up the volume to 11 and you just get to get all the, the awesome sound effects uh but while attack of the clones might be my my least favorite star wars um i'll show it some love because i, I there's something about the anakin dooku fight in um in that movie that i that i really like and and I remember watching it for the first time and seeing, I think Duke cuts out the lights. And so you just see the red and the blue flashing on their faces and just, and, and I, I, oh, oh, what's it? Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So just the, um, the lighting effects, um, on their face and, and knowing, you know, that's some, some pretty cool movie, uh, movie uh, uh special effects uh and maybe the java sail barge though i i don't think anything can top the lead up to that particular lightsaber i it, well if you want to it's kind of a rare i don't know if it's exactly a lightsaber duel um but it certainly has one of the best build-ups of any lightsaber moment in the movie yeah um now, was there any others you were going to mention? Uh, no, I, I think that was it. I mean, there's other cool ones. I think those are probably the standout ones um, that I'm thinking of. Okay. Well, what has Star Wars brought to your life? A few different things. I think one, just movie, it, it gave me an appreciation for movie making and art. I, I think um, delving into the, the movies and the music and how they're made, I think, gave me... Um, an, an appreciation for art, art forms and, and, and craft and, and those kind of things, you know, the, the amount of creativity and, 
and ingenuity that goes into homes. Um, I actually even started learning an instrument in in high school because I just um, I think the music of John Williams really just kind of stoked in me a, a love of like classical music or just just music in general. And so um, I actually learned to play the trumpet in high school um, as a result of that. Um, and then also for for a while when I was younger, I, I, when I, we go to the library, I'd, um, you know, try to read as much as I could on Star Wars since there wasn't much at the time. And a lot of those, um, a lot of those books had to do with movie making and how the movies were made. And so I, um, so I'd, I'd read up on those and just get to see and appreciate the, the craft of making movies. Um, but also when I, like I kind of hint, uh, talked about before, when I, now when I, I think of like Star Wars, like a lot of those experiences and memories are tied closely to, um, you know, my family and friends and, you know, even now, like you guys at the celebration and that event there. And, um, you know, a lot of times we'd, we'd watch the star Wars movies at my grandparents house growing up. Um, so, so now when I, when I think of the movies, I, I kind of think of my family too. And, and all my grandparents are, are gone now, but, um, I, I think, you know, in a sense they, help to kind of bring back back those memories when I, when I watch when I watch those movies um, but and I think in a bigger sense I th- I think the movies really from a very young age imparted to me a sense of, of just wanting to do important things and make a difference in the universe um, you know I career plans earlier in life to do something which I think were really good but um, I you know since then my 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 plans had changed, but regardless of what the individual, what the individual like circumstances or, or what I was doing at the moment or what I plan on doing, you know, career wise, was as I think at the end of the day, what really what I want to do or what drives me, and I think I, I I see this a lot in Star Wars is just wanting to do something more important, not just earn a paycheck, but mm-hmm. maybe make a difference in the galaxy. Um, and I, and I think it's made me a more hopeful person. Um, Star Wars has, and I, and I and I and I love like the more recent movies have really have really I think driven driven home like the idea of like like hope. Um, you know, no matter how dark things are, or or what's happening, there's are other forces in the world that you can't always see, but are, are there and moving and, um, hope oftentimes is, is as much as about, uh, imagination and, and seeing things differently as it is just, a a, a blind faith in something. And I, and I love, I, I love, uh, Rogue One, I think is, is a great movie that just really tells you the power of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, the coolest thing I think is that you have a, you have a person who's blind, uh, Chirut, and and all these people are despairing around him, and and he's the one that really, I think, you know, he can he's got a even though like ironically he's a blind person, and yet he can he can see things or he's got a vision I think that's different than what most people have, um, and I think eventually that that vision is imparted to to Jin and then kind of sparks that rebellion, um, you know, sparks the final act of the movie. So, yeah. No, I, that's yeah, that's wonderful. I think when Star Wars influences you in that deep of a way, I think it's kind of done the trick, right? Um, you know, George's initial 
you know, reasoning behind making the first film and it's, you know, obviously the subsequent films is he felt that we were a culture starving for fairy tales, starving for uh, like mythology and those types of stories aren't just to be, not just to be entertainment. Um, And I think, I mean, to be fair, Star Wars is just an entertaining movie for a lot of people. Oh, Um, certainly. But I would say for the majority of Star Wars fans, like the people that are, you know, like in it, like you and I are, and probably several, everybody listening to this, it's not just entertainment. Um, There is something more. And it's just so cool that it, you know, sparked that, you know, sparked something within you that makes you want to do, make more of your life, just like the characters that we see on screen, right? They all make something more of Mm -hmm. where they start from. Um, So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. So here's a nice hard question for you, Philip. What is yeah. your, what is your favorite piece of music in Star Wars? Oh uh, yeah, that was probably the hardest one. <laughs> I I'm I'm really I'll say I'm normally into the John Williams slow jams. So yes, <laughs> is, uh, I, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I um, so I'll tease you a little bit. Um, um, because, because I can, <laughs> sure. I, so I, I broke it down into, uh, um, themes by uh, movie era. So PT, OT, et cetera. So mm-hmm. probably from the prequel trilogy, uh, Anakin's theme is that's probably the standout for me. That's probably my favorite. That's such a good one. Yeah. Love it. Um, the OT, um, probably Leia's theme. And I saw that performed at the phoenix symphony orchestra several years ago and it's oh my goodness it left the audience like breathless at the end like and and what, what's cool about watching it live is there's 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 a solo for french horn solo for an oboe um then there's this kind of that violin that little trailing violin ditty at the end like so you get to see like each member or each different sections of the orchestra shine in a piece but and, and then just the way that it ends like quietly and uh just amazing piece to watch play live and um so yeah that's that's for a long time has been one of my favorites um so i overall maybe that might be my favorite even though um if i had to pick and choose probably the entire of the special edition empire strikes Back, the second disc but is just my favorite chunk of star wars music overall mm, yeah. from beginning to end it's just a fantastic uh album yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's great. Um, yeah. Oh, let, yeah. Uh, anthology movies. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what's that? Yeah. No. Go ahead. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, a sequel trilogy, Jedi Steps, just so majestic and incredible. Yes. And then uh, I love the uh, Your Father Would Be Proud um, in uh, Rogue One, and and I love it. You guys have talked about that before on the Wampus later. It's just it's so different than Williams, you know, the most triumphant part of the movie, instead of being loud and bombastic, it just gets quiet and, and, and reflect the just incredible moment in the movie. And then I think the music just really sells it. Yeah. It's one of the most unique pieces in star Wars music. Oh, and it, and it's very, but it's cause it's, it's very Michael Giacchino. Um, it's totally in line with the kind of music he makes, but he's doing something so different and making it star Wars. Which is great. Yeah, and I, 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 that was one regret from the last um, celebration is that I wanted to hear um, David um, Collins talk about. I wanted to hear that that panel, but they never posted online. So if anyone out there 
knows if it ever got posted the um Brooklyn um, music panel that i would i would certainly would love to hear that yeah i'd love to see it i i do remember going to it and it was amazing mm-hmm. um and i was like oh i just want to get this so bad and and it never got posted so hopefully hopefully it does or somebody knows where you can find it cuz i'd also love to to watch it again cuz he does a great job of um you know breaking down what is star wars music how do you make mm-hmm. star wars music when you're not john williams um and he he, get, he basically, I mean, David Collins is so intelligent. He gives you like he very much walks you through the steps of it. And uh, I'm hoping at some yeah. point he does something on the solo soundtrack because I think that is also another phenomenal yeah, piece of great. music. So, um, well, great. Well, yeah. I have one last question for you then, Philip. And it's kind of a catch-all question, so you interpret this however you want. It's open-ended on pur- on purpose. But what is it that you love most about Star Wars? <sighs> Like I was telling you, the, the Old Testament, it, uh, the Old Testament, it's my uh, theological cycle <laughs> the, the OT, trilogy. the uh, <laughs> original trilogy um, always has a, a, a special place in my heart, I think, because like it just impacted my childhood and my play and imagination on such a deep level. And it, I, I think what I loved about it is it gave me fuel for my imagination, for my playtime when I was a kid, you know, it gave us scenarios and, and things to think of that really drew our playtime. And, um, and also, <clears throat> and, I, and I think the other thing, it, the other thing that I like about it is uh, really what what, is, what I love about it is that um, you know, in a sense, had taught you teaches you know kids that you know anything's possible. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a little uh, farm boy on backwater planet. Like you can you can grow up and you can um, you know work hard and, and and make a difference in the in the galaxy. So. Certainly like that. Um, and I think just also, and I talked about it before, just the power of hope. And, and this is more, I think, something that I've been unpacking with the, the later movies, um, is that it's just the, but the hope is not something you just hold on to passively, but it's it's a way of, of seeing the world differently than how it is now. And, and, and I warned you, I was going to get theological. Um, there is a... Um, um, theologian um, Walter Brueggemann. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Nope. He wrote a de- definitive work on um, the prophetic tradition. Uh, you know Isaiah and uh, Jeremiah, all those books in the in the Old Testament or the the Hebrew Scriptures. And um, what's it? The 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 work of the prophet is not so much where they start their work in enacting a new world is they they call out and they lament and, and cry about cry out about the things that are wrong in this world and about that he says that you know true criticism true criticism of the existing order consists in the capacity to grieve and I, I and I remember that scene in uh, Rogue One where uh, Jyn Erso I think the Saw Gerrera maybe says something about to Jyn Erso about you know do you, do you not like um, the empire, you know, you know, if you if you look up and see the empire, you know, flag of the empire everywhere, you know, wh- what do you feel or whatever, you, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, well, it just doesn't make a difference if you just don't, you know, if you're looking down. And 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 I think the pivotal moment of that movie, I, I think, is when she when she sees her dad again and realizes the. The, the potential and, and what she's lost there, and I think really grieves it. And I think that's then what, 
what drives and moves her to seeing the world differently is because she's finally owning, you know, what's wrong and, and grieving. And, and that's then empowering and moving her uh, to, to do something different in the world. Because I think Brueggemann said this too, you know, that, you know, what you hold on or what you have doesn't empower you as, as much as that what you don't have yet, you can see it. Um, so, um, yeah, so just engaging in that, the task of hope and, and just seeing the possibility of a different world and, and allowing that to, to drive you, uh, even when things are darkest and, and it's hard to see, uh, or you can't see someone like sure you have that hope that this drive you on, um, you know, towards, towards a different future, towards a, a world, um, with, with better possibilities. So anyway, so yeah, that was, uh, that was something I, I think, um, that this really, kind of growing my appreciation of star wars and and i really loved that uh, especially with some of the later movies yeah no that's that's awesome um and again like it, it's it's so amazing that you know um i mean much like my myself obviously you're somebody who you know your faith has always been important to you it's a, it's always been a lifelong journey and it's so great when you can something that you love so much like star wars can kind of intertwine with that so so seamlessly because I think they both inform one another and that's a good thing. Um, you know, uh, you know, we're not those old school monastic theologians who think that we shouldn't be mixing with the real world. No, like we, um, faith that it, that informs the real world and is therefore informed by the real world is a better faith. Um, yeah. So, and I think what Star Wars, uh, what Lucas did from the start so expertly is is taking those big questions and those and those those big issues and and kind of packaging it in in pop art, you know, so yeah. to speak, but but in a way that, that that kids can, you know, that invites you in and and you know, before you know it, you're like, oh wow, I'm thinking about big questions. I just came to see a fun adventure space movie. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, just listening to you say all that, um, weirdly enough, I just feel like I have a deeper appreciation for the sequels. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you, you just so beautifully put it, Philip, that, you know, Star Wars is ultimately about, like, lifting us up and out of ourselves and, and you know, orient, orienting us in such a way that we try to make the world around us better, right? At the end of the day, in a very simple nutshell, that is kind of the story of Star Wars, is the good fighting for the good and trying to overcome the darkness of the evils. Um, and I think, you know, as much as I have a lot of, you know, sometimes these issues with the sequel trilogy, I think it's crowning achievement, though, is that what it has done with Star Wars again is it's put itself into pop culture and isn't afraid to shed a light on some of the things that aren't so good about our culture. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you've got a lot of people that don't, you know, now they're adults and they say it doesn't belong there. But it's like, think back to when you were a kid. The reason Star Wars stuck with you as a kid is because it was unique from all those other things you loved. You know, whether it was G.I. Joe's or Ninja Turtles or, you know, you fill in the blank. Those things typically don't stick with you because they're, they're more in the entertainment realm, whereas Star Wars does do something that really inspired you to do and be more. And I think the sequels, rather than just telling us the story that we thought we should have in our heads, it's telling us something new and challenging us to be better, just like the characters in there are dealing with some really hard stuff, but they're fighting towards what's better. Um, so whether you know it or not, Philip, you just made me love the sequels more. So thank you. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. I had hoped that I would. <laughs> so um, is there anything else you wanted to mention before before we wrap this up? Um for your tale. 
No, thanks for uh, inviting me on and uh, making it happen. And uh, yeah, appreciate what you guys do. And it's just so cool you guys have been doing it uh, for as long as you have. And um, I, uh, yeah, hope you guys keep it up. And uh, if I don't get to see a celebration, um, hope, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll see you again elsewhere. And then for those of you out there who are uh, do get a chance to go to celebrate and um yeah definitely you guys are doing a, like a meetup or planning some kind of meetup or something right yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah it's it's really fun to just kind of connect with um you know other star wars fans and and uh you know have um you know share your experiences and, and get to see each other in real life instead of just you know via facebook or whatnot for sure so uh well philip thanks so much for taking the time and, and working with the crazy schedules and time differences to make this happen. I really appreciate your, um, <laughs> your diligence with that. Um, now if folks want to get in touch with you or maybe share anything in light of what you talked about today, um, how could people do that? Oh, um, I, I'm not on Twitter all that much, but, uh, I'm on Facebook. So just look me up, Philip Liebold every once in a while, I'll, um, you know, comment or, or something like that on the, uh, you know, some of the Facebook posts. Yeah. Well, Philip, thanks again so much for being on, telling us your tale. It was great. I loved every second of it. So thank you for that. Um, and if you are listening and you're interested in telling your tale, um, just send us an email. You can email us at wampuslayerpodcast at gmail.com and we will put you into the queue. Um, we have a bit of a queue as it is. And like I said, obviously we've been away from it for a while, but the hope is to be a little bit more um, regular with the with the segment now. It's so much fun to do, but you know, sometimes life just happens. But um, is that it for you, Philip? Yep. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Tales of the Larians. Um, for Philip, I am Carl, and we will see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. <laughs>